0: Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio podcast. This is your co-host Jay Chima
1: with my co-host Brandon DePuma Silva. Sir, how are you? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. We're uh, what is it? Like two days out from uh, from opening night on Thursday, and I uh, can't get here soon enough. Uh, I am I am beyond excited.
0: Oh, yes. It is week one of the NFL season, sir. This is one of my favorite times of the year uh, before NFL season kicks off. Um, I think we can all agree. I have never needed the NFL more in my life. I think 2020 has been that kind of year where any little hope and the NFL coming back is uh, is welcome news.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. It's uh, it's Christmas in uh, September uh, at this point, And, uh, yeah, man, it it, it 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 couldn't get here fast enough. And even if they don't feel like finish a, a full season, just knowing that at least we're gonna get week one starting Thursday, and we got a, a pretty jam packed uh, slate coming Sunday, and uh, and with Monday Night Football, uh, I'm excited. This is this is everything that everybody just needed. Uh, you know, with with everything that's been going on in 2020 right now, any little bit will will be greatly appreciated at this point.
0: That is true, man.
1: All right, so Podcast
0: 58, uh, it's going to be all football, wall-to-wall. We're going to start off with uh, discussing who we think is going to make the playoffs this year. Um, Both myself and Puma will give you our AFC-NFC playoff contenders. And then from there, we'll talk about who's going to get to the AFC-NFC championship games. And then from there, we'll talk about the Super Bowl winners. This is essentially our, our official picks for the year. After that, we're going to jump into a second topic, which is going to be the three quarterbacks we have to keep an eye out for this year, where um, not uh, in in the positive light, more in the negative light, who we think really needs to step it up this year, who we think we know is kind of on their last legs. And then from there, we're going to jump into picking some games for week one. We're going to dissect the Thursday night game between Houston and KC. We're going to jump into Dolphins-Patriots game on Sunday. Uh, We'll also talk about the Baltimore Ravens and the Browns going head-to-head. We'll jump into talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New Orleans Saints, the Cowboys versus Rams on Sunday night, and then we'll quickly wrap it up with the Monday night football games as well. So quite a bit to get to. Are you excited, Puma?
1: Yeah, I'm excited. And I mean, right off the bat, Jay, I mean, we, we, we got breaking news that I mean, I know is going to affect uh, the playoff you know picture for the AFC and it's gonna, definitely going to affect my picks and it, it may also affect the pick for Monday night football. Uh, if I could b- talk about that real quick. Uh, Go for it, man. You're like Adam Schefter here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we're we're breaking news around here. Uh, so folks, right before we actually started recording tonight's episode, uh, I got a notification, uh, via Twitter from uh, Ian Rappaport and uh, Mike Garofalo of NFL Media, and I guess to practice today, uh, Broncos. Uh, linebacker, pass rusher extraordinaire uh, Von Miller suffered what they're calling a uh, severe lower leg injury that could potentially knock him out for the entire season. And these guys are slated to play the second game on Monday Night Football. And this is a team with high playoff hopes. And uh, this defense, if he's out, they they just had a massive blow. Uh, to their defense to their playoff picture because this is a tough afc afc to begin with and they're in one of the you know the hardest of divi- it not hardest divisions but a division that is run by kansas city so if they were going to have any chance of possibly getting a wild card they needed all hands on deck and they might lose the the biggest fish of them all in vaughn miller for the year uh
0: yeah damn. that's that's it, right, man? Spot on. That is some some terrible news for Denver Broncos. Um, and usually, when they say lower leg injury and the fact that he's gonna be, he might be out for the year, that's with a degree of confidence I can say is probably gonna be a ruptured or torn Achilles. Yeah. Usually, when they say upper leg, it's more the knee and the quad. Um, but lower leg, it's ankle, Achilles, and usually ankle you know injuries don't um you know put you out for the year. Uh, but an Achilles rupture or tear is probably gonna be um, a uh, a season-ending injury, and, and spot on your right, man. When you've got to contend with Kansas City, uh, you know, twice a year, um, you've got to have all your defensive weapons, and this is a major blow for Denver Broncos, man.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the, this defense had you know high hopes. You know, they you know you, they were getting Brand, um Bradley Chubb back. He he missed last year with an injury. They they lost Chris Harris Senior. He he left in free agency to go to the Chargers and. I mean, man, like it it, it sucks because I, I was expecting and I, I kind of still am, but they, they definitely took a giant hit on uh, the playoff picture. I was expecting them to, to take the, the big leap forward. And I think Von Miller was actually going into a contract year next year. So him getting hurt, that's not going to help anybody, especially help his cause uh, with trying to get a contract extension to to play out the rest of his career as a. As a Bronco. Damn. Damn it. Damn, Damn it, Vaughn. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Dear, um, uh, w- w-
0: what's that other thing you say? Damn, boy. Is that what you say?
1: <laughs> Damn. Damn, boy. Damn, boy. He hurt, boy. Bob Miller's hurt. Damn.
0: Oh, my God. How, yeah. many, how many beers have you had? No,
1: so nah, cool. I'm like, I'm halfway through, man. I'll say this much. Like, it's it was hot at work. Uh, Because I have a coworker that, you know, the AC, it's like it's there's no middle ground. It's either if it's on, it is, you know, the, the Antarctica, everybody's in an igloo or if it's hot, if it's off, it's the face of the friggin' sun. And we had it off today and we have the AC off at the house because we were cooking. We were cooking steak before recording. So it's a little hot. I'm a little loopy. I didn't have a whole lot to eat today. And this beer may or may not be going straight to my head right now. So this is going to be a fun podcast today. Nice.
0: Nice. A little Bad Sons action, right?
1: Oh, yes, sir. Local. We got to drink local. Support the local yep. business. Bad Sons. Very nice. Very nice.
0: All right, cool. Well, let's jump right into it and discuss the playoff teams um, every year before the season starts. Myself and DePuma like to get our official picks out there. Um, most of the time, we're wrong, but it's all in fun, right? <laughs> so yeah, let's, start no the, let's start with the AFC. Uh, this year, we have uh, seven playoff teams, so we've got to keep that in mind. And I'm going to rattle off my, my seven teams real quick, and I'll give you their, their records that I predict. Um, I'm going to have the Chiefs being the number one seed with a 13-3 record. I got the Ravens at 11-5, the number two seed. Uh, the number three seed, I got the Colts at 11-5. The number four seed, I got the Bills at 10-6. and six. Um, The first wildcard spot, I got the Steelers at 10-6. and six. I got the Texans as the second wildcard spot at nine and seven. And I got the Browns as the final wildcard spot at nine and seven. So I have three teams from the AFC North getting in. And I had quite a bit of a debate in there within my, within my head, you know, putting this list together, uh, trying to see if uh, the Browns are going to get in. But I think with all that power on the offensive end and Stefanski providing more structure to Baker Mayfield, that offense, I think they'll sneak in.
1: Oh, for sure. I like those picks too. And, I mean, I'm with you. I have the Bills making the playoffs. I have them winning the AFC East, um, Baltimore. I still expect them to win this, uh, the AFC North, uh, the Colts. I, I like every, I liked everything that they did. They got uh, Phillip Rivers uh, and a system he's familiar with, to be able to throw the, the ball a little bit more. Uh, it's still Kansas city's division to lose at this point for the AFC West. <clears throat> uh, and I had the the Steelers as a wildcard team as well. The Browns as a wildcard team and, is, there, is it three wildcard teams this year?
0: Yeah, so essentially it's four uh, division winners and then three wildcard teams. So there's going to be seven teams per conference getting in.
1: Right. Um. So I'm still going to go by my pick that I had a couple of uh, episodes ago with the Broncos being a wildcard team. Even with Von Miller being out but now? Even with the Von Miller injury, I still have them being a wildcard team, but it, it is uh, it is an uphill battle at this point. I, I just, I think that, I think Drew Locke is going to take the uh, the, 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 next lead forward. And I think, you know, Pat Shermer, he's going to bring his offense that he ran in um, in Minnesota over to Denver and uh, take the offense out of the hands of, um, of uh, Vic Fangio. Let's just be, let's just be real. He is a defensive coach. Uh, so the offense side of the ball isn't his forte. And I think you're going to see a little bit more uh, involvement from Noah Fant and the uh, the kid they drafted. forget his name, but it was out of Missouri as well. Drew Locke has a good relationship with them. They were they were uh, teammates back at the University of Missouri. So I think you're going to see a little bit more tight end action and stretch the field. And I like what they did in the draft. But with the Von Miller injury, it's definitely going to be more of an uphill battle. I think that they'll just get in as the final wildcard team.
0: Yeah, listen, I, and uh, I would uh, I would uh, tend to agree with you there, but I think the issue here is, you know, Drew Locke. I, I still I'm not sold on him. Yeah, he played great down the stretch last year. Um, I think this is he has to take that next step. Um. You know, and, and in regards to being a division where you got to score a bunch of points, you're gonna have to go up and score forty, you know, 35, 40 points just to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think he has that in him. So um, he might sneak in, but now with the uh, the issue with Von Miller and him, you know, Von Miller potentially being out for the year, uh, that might uh, that might kind of hamper their abilities. Right, for sure. Uh, moving on to the NFC, um, uh, let's run through one through seven for me. Number one overall seed, and I know this is no surprise to you. I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers there we go. at 12 and four, winning the division and getting the number one seed. Um, I have them beating out the number two seed Seahawks for 12 and four uh, as the NFC West winners. The Cowboys come in number three for me at 11 and five. I got the Vikings at 10 and six, and that's the obviously the four division winners. Uh, the first wild card is going to be the Saints at 11 and 5. Um, I got the 49ers at 10 and 6 as the second wild card, and then finally um, I got the Eagles sneaking in at 9 and 7. Um, I had, um, I believe it was the Eagles, and I was throwing around the idea of Atlanta having a a run for that last um, spot, but I just can't put my faith in a team in Atlanta that has one good year, two bad years, one good year, two bad years. So who really knows which Atlanta team is going to show up this year?
1: Right. For sure. Um, I, I'm kind of in lockstep with a lot of those picks. Uh, I have the Eagles winning the NFC East. Um, I just, I believe in the continuity. Uh, you got Doug Peterson, you got Carson Wentz and that whole system, that whole core is still there. And we saw what the Eagles did last year with the guys that were w- a lot of people that were still, you know, signed off the street because half of their uh, aerial attack was on injured reserve. And, uh, I guess Alshon Jeffrey's still alive. He's still on the team. So maybe uh, he'll f- regain his form from a few years ago in that Super Bowl run. Uh, The NFC North, even with their losses on defense, I still think it's the Vikings uh, to lose. I mean, Detroit really doesn't scare me that much, even though they just signed old man Adrian Peterson and Matt Patricia and company are on the hot seat. I still think it's the Vikings division to win. Uh, Give me the Saints. Uh, Again, continuity for me is going to be key, uh, especially this year. I think the 49ers are going to repeat winning the, uh, the NFC West. I have the Buccaneers as a wild card team. Um, I have Dallas as a wild card team as well too. And the last wild card spot, I, you know, obviously you gotta have C. Uh, actually, you know what? no, no, not going to Seattle. I have Arizona winning the wild card. I like what they did in the uh, in the off season. I think you're gonna have a giant step forward from Kyler Murray, uh, both on the ground rushing and through the air. Uh, They just locked up DeAndre Hopkins uh, to a two-year contract extension. No trade clause. Uh, He can opt out, I think, at the end of next season if he wanted to. Um, But, no, I I like everything that they're doing. And my let's get crazy last wild card spot, I said it last week. I could see Washington possibly making it to the playoffs if the stars align, and I'm still going to stick by that. But that is my let's-get-nuts wildcard prediction team.
0: Wow, that's uh, that's quite insane. Uh, okay, let's move on to the AFC and the NFC Championship games. I have the Ravens versus Chiefs, um, and I think the, the Chiefs are going to be hosting. Um, I will have the um, Ravens beating the Chiefs in Arrowhead, and I'm going to have the Ravens going to the Super Bowl. On the NFC side, I got the Buccaneers versus the Seahawks um, in the um, – um, in the NFC Championship game, and I'm gonna have the Buccaneers beating the Seahawks, and we're gonna have a Ravens versus Buccaneers Super Bowl, and of course I got the Buccaneers winning, and Tom Brady hosting that seventh Lombardi Trophy.
1: There we go. So so surprised, so surprised. A bold a bold prediction from. That is Mr.
0: a bold prediction. Nobody Mr. has the nobody has a nobody has the Buccaneers winning uh, the uh, Super Bowl. Yeah. Nobody does. Come on.
1: Oh boy. Nobody has right. the Saints
0: win that division.
1: Here's uh here's uh, you know what I'm gonna stick. By my "Let's Get Nuts" prediction from a few episodes ago, when uh, Hammer Time, uh, A.K.A. Frisco, A.K.A. Mikey P, uh, was on the podcast. And for the AFC, I have um, Steelers-Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. It's going to be at uh, Arrowhead. And uh, and for the NFC side of the uh, the, the matchup, I have Cardinals-49ers. Uh, the 49ers hosting the game. And I think the Steelers are going to come out on top. I'm, I'm really buying the, the reports that I'm hearing out of uh, the camp uh, for Pittsburgh uh, with Big Ben has really got the zip going on the ball. He, he's you know, he looks refreshed. Uh, he You know, you really wouldn't be able to tell that he had a potentially career ending elbow injury. Uh, I like what they're going to do with Juju Smith Schuster, moving him back inside. Claypool may go outside. And there were a couple of reports from The Athletic yesterday or possibly Friday where they said they, they were going to have Eric Ebron be more of a focal point at the tight end position and moving him all over the uh, the formation as a chess piece. And if he's able to regain that form he had a couple of years ago in Indianapolis when he had 13 touchdowns, uh, that is a that could be a top five offensive unit. With a Super Bowl caliber defense that they have uh, that went eight and eight under uh, Duck Hodges and uh, and Mason Rudolph last year. Uh, And then for the Super Bowl matchup, I got Steelers Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are going to beat the 49ers in the NFC championship game. We're going to get a rematch of uh, Super Bowl a couple of about like maybe five, six years ago. Uh, with the Steelers and Cardinals. And I think Big Ben's going to win win the Super Bowl this year. I think the, the Steelers have that kind of team. And if uh, James Conner is able to stay healthy, uh, they could really run the football, win on the defensive side of the football as well, and uh, and, and just go from there. And I think Mike Tomlin's going to get another Super Bowl championship under his belt. First of all, did you realize
0: that instead of five, six years ago, it was like 11 years ago? Something like that. Yeah, Can
1: you believe something it's like been that. that
0: long? 11 years?
1: It, it does not feel like that. That's, right. the, that's the fucked up thing. But then again, I'm blaming a lot of things on COVID where the space-time continuum is kind of a blur because, you know, all semblance of former reality is kind of out the window with everything still being kind of locked down. And
0: secondly, your Let's Get Nuts pick from a few weeks ago just became your real pick, huh?
1: <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did.
0: Uh, Puma, always one for throwing your
1: curveball. No, man, man. If, if this defense, if they could kind of play like what the 98 uh, and 97 Denver Broncos did with with their defense, went on that side of the football and run heavy with uh, at the time they had Terrell Davis for both of those back to back Super Bowl championships with Elway. Uh, this team could potentially do that with James Conner. They really love Benny Snell. He's able to catch the ball out of the backfield. And if for some reason, James Conner goes down. You might not miss a beat with Benny Snell. Like, this might be the team that could finally do it. Yeah.
0: And listen, at the end of the day, I do believe that that defense is going to show out for the Steelers. They always show out for the Steelers. That's what they're kind of built on. But the fact that, you know, you have James Conner and Big Ben. Juju Schmidt-Suster, and essentially every single year it seems that the Steelers somehow find this gem of a wide receiver. I think Charles Claypool is going to be that is, is going to be that X factor for the Steelers. So I see your 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 logic here, but there's absolutely no way that you know the Ravens are going to be left out of that division. Essentially, I think the Ravens are going to beat up the Steelers all year long. Um, I do, you know, essentially. At the end of the day, I also think the Browns are gonna have a stay in that as well. So, you know, we'll see how it pans out.
1: Oh, for sure. I love me some Lamar, but he's gotta win a playoff game. That's true. Like he, that he, true. he's gotta get that monkey off his back. Oh, oh and two now? Oh and two. Yep. Yeah. Cool, cool.
0: All right. Uh let's move on to uh the three quarterbacks that need to perform this year. Um, obviously quarterback is the hot position in the NFL. Everybody likes to talk about quarterbacks. Um, and I think there's a few quarterbacks that really need to perform this year. The first one being um, Baker Mayfield. Um, I'm going to be hard on this guy this year. I'm going to ride him week in and week out. And the reason why is because I do believe he has a talent, um, and I do believe there is talent around him on the uh, the Cleveland Browns. Man, when you go down the list and you see that they have, you know, Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb and Odell Buckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, you know, and Joku and Austin Hooper, and a and instead of an offensive line, I think top to bottom that's like the best cast of offensive weapons there is in the NFL. Um, so he has absolutely no more excuses this year. He took a step back last year. A lot of his a lot of his step back could have been attributed to the fact that. Freddie kitchens is a complete moron um but now he even has a competent head coach and kevin stefanski will provide quite a bit of structure for him so i think i think it comes down to you know essentially baker mayfield stepping it up and you know uh, living up to his building and if he doesn't then i do believe that kevin stefanski is gonna pull him quickly and throw case keeman in there there's a reason why he went out there and got keenum to come you know be the backup in in cleveland um so the pressure is on for baker mayfield
1: for sure. No, I agree with that. And uh, he, he's definitely I think he's going to be a bounce back candidate. Uh, let's be honest that 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 entire team had the the hype train was unreal last year and not even giving them a free pass because of that. I mean, Fre- Freddie Kitchens, one, was not ready to be to be a head coach like at, at all last year. He, he did not adjust his game his game management, the game script, the play calling, did not play to Baker Mayfield's strengths, which is off of play action uh, and in heavy personnel. I mean, if uh, uh, this one guy on uh, CBS uh, Sports, I forget his name, but it was a fantasy uh, fantasy commentator, but he broke it down perfectly. And if you look back to his rookie season where he broke the rookie touchdown record, a lot of those formations, it was not only out of play action, but it was on a heavy personnel, two tight end sets, max protection for Baker Mayfield, giving him uh, enough time. And he's kind of that guy that needs the timing and the rhythm. And if you have no offensive line and you're not playing to your quarterback strengths, you, you're just getting, it's a recipe for friggin' disaster. Uh, but I think he's able to, to bounce back. They really addressed it with, with Jack Conklin. Uh, but my quarterback to keep an eye out for, uh, is, it's really going to be Kirk Cousins uh, at this point. You know, this team has always been hopeful. They've always been close to, you know, moving forward uh, towards the next step. I thought they could have been a Super Bowl caliber team last year with the defense that they had, despite uh, the regression uh, from Xavier Rhodes uh, from one of the top cornerbacks in the league to one of the top uh, cornerbacks that was burnt toast last year. Uh, But, I mean, really, that defensive side of the ball, they lost a lot of people. And now I think more is going to be on Kirk Cousins' plate to actually keep up in games and get the ball downfield. And who knows if Dalvin Cook is really going to play a full season because he wants to get paid. He wants a new contract. It's kind of hard to pay a running back a new contract when said running back has not really played 16 games over the last two years. So a lot more is going to be on his plate. They lost Stephon Diggs. They have a rookie wide receiver, uh, Justin Jefferson, out of LSU, and a lot more is going to be on Adam Thielen's plate as well too. So the pressure is really on for him. And I think they had to renegotiate his contract. Where I think, don't quote me on this, but I think that if things don't go according to plan they could get out of that contract next season and they may be a candidate for a quarterback if they don't go as far as they want in the postseason this year. Okay. Okay. I can see that. Um, The second quarterback that needs to perform this year. And this
0: one might be a little bit out of left field. And this wasn't going to be on my list until a couple days ago, but Deshaun Watson with the contract that he just signed, um, the massive – I forget the numbers off the top of my head. Was it four years, $160 million? Is that what the new uh, – Yeah, is? it was
1: 40 years, $160 million. I think 101 was guaranteed in the per-year breakdown. It's north of what Mahomes is making the first three mm-hmm. years. I think it's uh, 40 and change, like just a tick over. Yeah. Uh, so he's now the highest speed quarterback.
0: Yeah, and that is one of the main reasons why I threw Mahomes – I'm sorry, uh, Deshaun Watson on this list because – I I thought Deshaun Watson coming out of Clemson was gonna be the next stud quarterback, right? The next like elite quarterback in the in the NFL or in the AFC, and you know for the most part he's um I think in my eyes underperformed, right? Uh, and the couple of the fact that you just got paid more money than Patrick Mahomes and the pressure is gonna be on, uh, and it didn't really you know open my eyes until I started looking at some of the numbers. You know, we think of Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott in two completely different leagues. But when you really boil it all down both quarterbacks have won the division twice and both quarterbacks only have one playoff win and i believe if i'm correct you see the one and two in the playoffs or one and three in the playoffs whatever the record is it's essentially just one win and i can be truthful with you unless if it wasn't you know josh allen and the buffalo bills completely melting down uh in houston uh, this year the deshaun watson might have zero wins um so i really do hope um, that he can kind of step it up and you know start going toe to toe with uh, with uh, Patrick Mahomes um, and it'll start this Thursday night um, and I think the fact that he you know essentially went up 24-0 in the playoffs in in Arrowhead. Um, and still lost that game in a blowout. What was a big eye opener for me? Like I understand a lot has to happen for you to, you know, essentially win an Arrowhead. But when you're up 24-0, and you know, drive by drive they're coming back. You've got to make a play here and there. I started watching that game on NFL Network again, um, and I there were some drives there where he was just simply throwing the uh, the ball into the dirt. Um, sure, there were some miscues on on the offensive side as a whole. But at the end of the day, you're the quarterback, you got to lead your team, and you can't be having drive after drive of not producing points when you know the Chiefs are making a roaring comeback. So a little bit out of left field here, but I, I do feel strongly because I so badly want to relive those Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning, you know, AFC battles. And, and I don't see anybody able to take that mantle away from Patrick Mahomes just yet. We do have one piece of the rivalry there, the, we're going to figure out if it's going to be Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson that's going to take that mantle of that second guy to challenge Patrick Mahomes in the AFC. All
1: right. All right. I'm going to follow that up with kind of a, a left field one myself that I just thought of. And well, the answer to your last part, I think out of the Mahomes versus Watson or Lamar Jackson, you know, rivalry, that's going to be the next Manning uh, Brady one. I gotta go. I gotta go with Watson right now. At least he won a playoff game, and that leads me to my next quarterback on the hot seat. Again, out of left field, it's gonna be the defending uh, NFL MVP, uh, the unanimous unanimous one uh, at that as well, in uh, Lamar Jackson. Only because you know this league catches up to players so quickly, offensives offenses so quickly that. He's not going to be able to just run uh, as much as he did last year. And, and granted, he was able to air the ball out. They got the tight ends involved a lot. I think you're going to see um, Hollywood Brown involved in the offense a lot more. But really, Lamar needs to win a playoff game. Like, there's all this the, this hope that he's going to be the next Super Bowl champion. They're going to go down to Tampa Bay, and they're going to be able to run the football and, and lean on the defense that they have right now, minus Earl Thomas, which may be an addition by subtraction kind of deal. But at the end of the day, you can't get to Tampa until you win a playoff game. And until I see that, you know, the, the question is going to be, it, should he have been, if, if let me ask you this, Jake, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here real quick. If, okay.
0: Well, let's have if, debates, you know, if Patrick, stuff out.
1: <laughs> if Patrick Mahomes didn't get hurt last year, mm-hmm. does Lamar win MVP?
0: Yes, because I do. I, Oh, okay. All right, go ahead. I do, I do believe, and and I think we do need to give Lamar a little bit of, um, you know, credit here because the knock on him coming in was like, all right, well, can his little frame take up the beating that you know the NFL provides you? And if you look at it, the healthiest out of all three quarterbacks between Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson is Lamar Jackson. For
1: sure. You know Absolutely. Um. I I kind of go I kind of go the opposite. I think that if Mahomes was able to play all 16 games last year, I think he I don't think Lamar would have won it. I think it it, it might have been uh, Mahomes with the the clean sweep and the the NFL and Super Bowl MVP. Uh but it would have been close because I mean, let's face it, Lamar had a magical season last year. I just think in today's NFL that you know everybody catches up to the the new trend so quickly. I mean, look at look at what happened with the Rams. I mean, they were unstoppable up until the Super Bowl and then everybody figured them out real quick. And I mean, they were a ten win team that didn't make the playoffs last year., uh, so they're gonna have to kind of go back to their roots and I'll get to that for the Monday night preview. I just think that Lamar, He's been protective. Uh, He hasn't taken not undue risk, but he hasn't been stupid with running the football and getting obliterated on tackles. He's been smart about it. But I just think we're going to need to see the next step forward uh, in the aerial attack. And it really just can't be just to the tight end. I think you're going to need to see uh, Hollywood Brown get involved a lot more on the offensive side of the football.
0: Uh, okay cool. Um and then finally my last one that we got to keep an eye out for. Um and you mentioned him Jared Goff and the LA Rams. I think Goff, I think this is it for him. Um you know, the LA Rams last year severely underperformed. And even let's go back further. I mean, they, they kind of underperformed in the Super Bowl against this against the uh, the Patriots. And Jared Groff, by all means, did not have a good outing at all in the Super Bowl. Um, I think ever since then, his confidence has been a little bit on the shaken side. Uh, he doesn't have Todd Gurley lead on and the running game to lead on. So they're asking more for him to make plays. And it seems like he hasn't been able to. Um, last year, he regressed quite a bit. He only had 22 touchdowns, 69 T's, 85.5 rating. Um, so he was very middle of the pack. So a um, couple of the fact that they underperf- underperformed last year it's no surprise that the Rams asked him to restructure his contract so usually whenever teams ask you to restructure the contract they're not happy with your performance and think you're, you're making too much money um, and that's the first sign in well listen if you don't perform this year we're going to cut bait and move on so um, I do believe uh, Jared Groff's got to perform and it's going to be hard um, you know that NFC West uh, could be the best division in the NFL along with the AFC North or the NFC South you've got just you know dynamite teams up and down the coast, you've got the Seattle Seahawks, who are going to come to play. You've got the 49ers, who we all know were defending NFC champions last, last year. you got the Arizona Cardinals with the up-and-coming um, hot team. So, uh, Jared Groff, the the pressure's on you,
1: brother. Yeah, no, I like that pick. Uh, I'm going to go my last one, and I I, I think you were kind of kicking the tires on this guy as well, too. Uh, it's Derek Carr. Yep. I mean, it, He's the I'm one that amazed. I- yeah, oh, go ahead. For
0: me, for me, I didn't put Derek Carr in because I think it's already done. Like if Mariota didn't get hurt, I think we would have saw, um, you know, uh, Mariota step in for Derek Carr four or five weeks in. But I still regardless, I think
1: after this year, they're moving on from Derek oh, Carr. Oh, for sure. And I'm amazed. I'm amazed that Derek Carr made the move to Vegas. I mean, let's mm-hmm. let's be honest. He had that one magical run under Jack Del Rio where the stars aligned perfectly and you know if he didn't break his leg i believe uh it was the last week of the season or the second to last week of the season uh where he he broke it i think it was against jacksonville as a matter of fact uh he possibly could have been uh mvp of the league that year if if not he definitely was making runnings for it he was actually airing the ball out for once in that offense as well too and i just think uh, this season, like you said, Marcus Mariota, he's uh on the short-term uh uh injured reserve list with the, with a pectoral muscle issue. He's eligible to come back after being on IR for three weeks. You know, after three weeks or four weeks, if if Derek Carr is is stinking up the joint, what's to stop them from going to Mike Mayock's guy in, in Marcus Mariota to see if Mariota can do with Ryan, what Ryan Tannehill did to him last year? in Tennessee. And, you know, with Tyrell Williams being out, he's on injured reserve with a, with a shoulder injury. Uh, they got a new draft, a new wide receiver in the draft, the top 12 pick in Henry Ruggs out of Alabama uh, and Darren Waller. Uh, one of the up and coming tight ends They're they're really going to have the work cut out for them in the AFC West. That's run by the Kansas city chiefs has playoff hopeful in uh, the Denver Broncos and possibly a Chargers team that may surprise people because Tyrod Taylor doesn't turn the ball over. So he's going to keep the team in games and that team could and that team being the Chargers could lean on Joey Bosa and, uh, and Melvin Ingram to wreak havoc on the defensive side of the football and win games through turnovers. So they're going to have their work cut out for them, and Derek Carr really needs to bring his A-game, or he might be the perennial backup for the rest of his career like the rest of his family.
0: Yeah, listen, I, I do believe that Gruden is is the kind of guy who always has an eye out for a quarterback. You know, he's, uh, he's a quarterback whore, right? <laughs> I mean, he, he was willing to trade
1: up to get Kyler Murray mm-hmm, if, mm-hmm. if he had enough capital to, to convince uh, Steve Keim. Uh, yeah. To get out of the number one pick, he was down to get to get Murray. He loves yeah. Murray.
0: The only the only positive here for Derek Carr is the fact that Marcus Mariota got put on IR. That that buys him some more time. But yeah. like you said, a short-term IR, I can easily see Marcus Mariota at some point starting for the Oakland Raiders. I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders now.
1: Ah. Jeez, we got to put that. We got to get a a Raider jar next to the Washington football team jar. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Okay, cool. That wraps it up. Let's jump into the week one games that we are going to dissect for you. It's going to start Thursday night. We're going to have Houston traveling to KC. Um, last time Houston was in KC, we all know the story. Up 24 points, get blown up, blah, blah, blah. But essentially, since there is no offseason, I'm sorry, if there, since there is no preseason, we really don't have much to go off of in regards to X's and O's and what these teams look like. So the best we can do is kind of go off what we saw last um, from these teams and kind of go off some some rankings from last year or so. Um, in regards to the specialty for the Houston uh, Texans last year, I mean, they were good at running the ball. Simply put, they were ninth in the yards per game rushing the ball with 125 yards and 4.6 yards per carry. Um, now, I bring that up because they unfortunately let their best running back leave, who was Carlos Hyde. He had 4.4 yards per carry and brought in a guy in David Johnson who only has 3.7 yards per carry last year. So that immediately goes to, like, what the fuck are you thinking, Billy Boy, right? And I'm sure you love bagging on Billy Boy for dumb shit like that.
1: No, 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 no not Billy Boy, not Billy Boy. It's Billow the Clown.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot his uh, his his real name, Philo the
1: Clown. Philo
0: the Clown. Now, the reason I bring up the, the rushing attack is because one of the reasons, one of the ways you can attack the Kansas City Chiefs is by running the ball on them. Last year, their run defense wasn't the best. Um, they were 4.9 yards per carry, and they gave up 128 yards per game, which is 26th um, in the NFL. Furthermore, the Houston pass offense itself, you know. Like I said, we all believe Deshaun Watson is this amazing quarterback and he's, you know, always going to lead the the Texans to a top five offense. That wasn't the case. Last year, they were middle of the pack, 15th in the league in most um, categories. Essentially, you know, they were middle of the pack and they lost DeAndre Hopkins this year. Uh, so now Cooks, um, Kenny Stills and Randall Copper are going to have to step up and fill that void. Now, in regards to the offense for the Texans, they're gonna go up against a sneaky good uh, pass defense for Kansas City. Um, I looked at the numbers and it looks like they were 80.8 rating, which is sneaky good, and that's te- that's fifth best in the NFL. So it'll be it won't be easy for Deshaun Watson to throw on throw on that KC uh, defense. It's gonna have to be a rushing attack. Now, on the other side, the calling card for the Kansas City Chiefs is that lethal offense. I'm not going to sit here and run these numbers. Top five in all categories. They're going to score a million points. They're going to put the pressure on you. Um, They were just absolutely dynamite last year. And they added Clyde uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire this year. Um, I think that's going to be the key factor here. That offense is just going to be lights out. They're going to put pressure on Houston. It's going to be KC winning easy in my book. The line is nine points. I'm going to go with KC wins but doesn't cover. Uh, 35-28 final score KC. All
1: right, all right. Um, I'm going to. Everything you said was perfect. Uh, I will say this though. I think Bill O'Brien. I'm sorry, I broke my own rule here. Hello, the clown oh. is um, is going to make a make an attempt to to showcase uh, David Johnson out of the backfield one because we saw what he did with the ghost of Carlos Hyde last year and two they traded their best wide receiver and a second or third round draft pick to Arizona for this guy. That was probably going to get released anyways. They could have got him on the cheap. And let's be honest, like David Johnson is a more than capable running back, getting the ball out of the backfield and getting in space. And I think they're going to try to come up with ways to use him and possibly move him around the formation uh to to create the mismatch and possibly open up Will Fuller to go down the field and stretch the stretch the defense and take the top off because Will Fuller has that kind of speed the offensive line has really started to come together towards the down the stretch last year um i'm taking Houston in this game i think the revenge factor is real they've been chewing on that loss that that 24 point you know blown lead that they had in the playoffs last year and uh, I think they're going to come out. I think they're going to win this game, especially in Arrowhead with, you know, what is it like up to 22% capacity? It's not going to be the rock and Arrowhead that we're accustomed to on opening night. Um, I think Houston wins. The over/under in this game is 54 and a half. And a common theme, at least with me for the week one slate, is I'm going to take all the, I'm going to take the unders in the uh, at least the primetime matchups. Just because, like you said, Jay, at the top, we haven't had preseason. Um, I honestly think that the defense might be ahead of the offensive side of the football for the first couple of weeks. And I think, that, you know, a lot of people are going to try to be a little bit more conservative coming out of the gates, especially with the Von Miller injury in practice today. They don't want to, you know, lose their stars right off the bat. And I think they might have a little bit more of a conservative game plan. So I'm going to take the under in this game, but I do have Houston winning outright.
0: Okay, cool, cool. Um, moving up uh, to our game, the Dolphins versus the Patriots. This is going to be a fun <laughs> one, right?
1: Oh, yeah, it's going to be uh, great.
0: Okay, so we all know the story by now. I don't got to see him it, right? Tom Brady, you know, in my eyes, was written out of town by uh, Bill Jerry Krause Belichick's ego. And we thought that, essentially, Jerry Stidham was going to be the next guy for the Patriots. Curveball, middle of the summer, Canton gets picked up. And he wins a job over Stidham and Camp. And listen to this, Puma. What's your thoughts on this? Mike Reese was actually throwing the idea that Jared Stidham might be a third quarterback on the depth chart. And Brian Hoare might be number two. Now, there are some rumblings that that's because of injury factor. But I listen to a Patriots Filter podcast today. And they're thinking straight out, um, you know, Stidham is healthy enough to be playing. I think Brian Hoare won that second spot. I mean, that is that is
1: absolutely fascinating to me. Uh, I, not saying it's beyond the realm of possibility i just lean a little bit more towards the injury the injury issue being the the bigger problem of why he would be third on the first death chart release this week
0: Mm -hmm. now on the other side the dolphins now they were in a complete rebuild mode last year um and you know i think we should see some strides from this team this year as they have added quite a bit of talent in the offseason um including their franchise quarterback Tua. Um, and then additionally, they added quite a bit of defensive uh, talent as well. And like I said, truthfully, we have no idea what's going to happen in in week one because we don't have any preseason, and we have no idea how this New England offense is going to look as well because, you know, obviously we have no idea how much Cam is going to run or what kind of packages there will be. So in that, it is kind of exciting for me because I haven't seen this in quite a bit, Um, you know, but it will be interesting to see how Cam meshes with the wide receivers. Now, if I had to guess... Miami is going to stick Byron Jones and Edelman. And after that, no one else is going to be able to get open for the Patriots. So Cam is going to have to do what he's relied on quite a bit. Um, that's going to have to be leaning on his uh, running backs. Uh, that's what he did quite a bit in, uh, in uh, Carolina with uh, Run-CMC. And I think this is where James White is going to be the key. I think James White is... You know, going to be one of those backs this year you're going to have to keep an eye on for fantasy every single year just because Cam loves his running backs, uh, especially out of the backfield. And there's, there's just a lack of wide receiver talent on the Patriots roster. Now, no shade Puma, but I do think for the Patriots, the Finns are the perfect week one opponent to try to, you know, get messed up with the wide receivers, try out some new tactics, see where offense is going to be. And you're just going off of some numbers from last year. You know, the, the, the past defense for the Finns were, was not that good. I mean, we're talking 101 yards per game. That's 20. We had a pass defense, <laughs> essentially 29th in the NFL, right? <laughs> I mean,
1: now, we, we had a pass defense. Cause I didn't know we had a pass defense.
0: <laughs> well, listen. It shows the numbers, man. They're co- they're quite low in regards to uh, those uh, those rankings. Now, I do expect the additions of Kavano and Shaq Lawson, and I forgot the cornerback you guys took in the first round, but I do think there's some key talent that you know Brian Flores bought in that's gonna essentially help you guys uh, you know help out in the defensive end. Now, if I had to guess, I do think Bill Bill Belichick is going to stick Stephon Gilmore and Devontae Parker because, truthfully, he he balled out last year. I believe in that Week 16 game, he had, what, two touchdowns and, like, 160 yards?
1: Yeah, Uncle Devontae. Um, Uncle Devontae. (laughs) 50th breakout.
0: Right. And then I also believe that this year – um, you guys are going to have a much better running game. I do believe Matt Breida and, you know, Howard is going to be, is going to do light years for that mm-hmm. running attack. Last year, you guys were pretty bad in rush offense. And uh, you might say, you, might, you know, you might give me that inquisitive question again. Did you guys have a running attack? Jay, well, Jay,
1: Jay, not to cut that? you off. Fitzpatrick was our leading rusher with 200 <laughs> know, overall yards. It's pretty, I had that. Anything. Had That's crazy. <laughs> anything is an improvement. Yeah. I'm looking at a surge protector that's plugged into the wall that my laptop is hooked up to. And if that was able to get a couple of rushing guards, that might be an improvement on what our rushing attack was last year.
0: Yeah. And, and spot on, listen, the numbers are, are pretty bad for you guys when it comes to rushing. Uh, it's 31st last year, 3.3 3 yards per carry, and Fitzy is your leading rusher. It's it's pretty bad. 30. But now you do you do have some talent in Brita and Howard, so... I think you take the fact that Cam is still learning this offense, and Miami will be able to run the ball on uh, on the Patriots. I mean, I hate to say this, but this is no more guaranteed. Tom Brady turning the Miami Dolphins into Miami tuna fish. Give me the Dolphins seventeen fourteen.
1: Wow, uh, <laughs> did not see that coming. Uh, I'm gonna Listen, go. I'm I don't, I don't know real, how I feel about you picking the Dolphins to win a game. Like I, Listen, I don't, don't know. Please.
0: When you look at the fact that, you know, essentially we have no idea what this offense is going to look like and the fact that nobody, for God's sakes, right now Bill Belichick doesn't have his kicking game figured out. We don't know who's going to be our kicker. You know what I'm saying? The guy that we picked up, Justin Warwasser, he's nowhere to be found, you know?
1: Oh, he's buried on the practice squad with Nick Falk. Don't worry. He'll get the three percenter kicking field goals on week one. Um, here's my thought. I have, I have New England winning this game only because, like you said, one, we don't really know what we're going to get. This is going to be a tune-up game for the New England offense. And as much as I like the offseason moves that my team, the Dolphins, did with getting Van Noy and signing Byron Jones to pair him with Xavier Howard um, to really lock down a secondary. And Christian Wilkins took a step forward last year, our first-round pick uh, in the, the, the previous draft. I just I feel like New England is going to be a power running team. Uh, we've they they really did not address the wide receiver position uh, unless they have a, a huge amount of faith in Nikhil Harry finally getting separation on the outside with Julian Edelman. But the, you know they don't really have a, a, the tight end position locked down. Sony Michelle's off the pup list. Damian Hare, uh, Harris went on short-term IR, um, you're going to get James White, Cam Newton, if he's able to be the Cam that we're used to and, you know, running the football down people's throats and and throwing the football as well too. I just think that Josh McDaniels is licking his chops to kind of bring back the running quarterback dual threat option with Cam Newton. And it's the perfect candidate to do that. And it's the perfect team to tune up against, against the dolphins. And on the defensive side of the football for New England, I think they might have their way against my offensive line, uh, it's still young. They're still developing and, and coming together. And I just don't have a whole lot of faith. I will say this from a season long fantasy perspective. Yes. Devonte Parker did ball out last year, but he really started putting stats up when uh, Preston Williams went down with the ACL injury. All reports coming out of uh, Dolphins camp is that uh, Preston Williams is really taking a step forward. He's still on special teams, but the the knee hasn't been nagging him at all, and I think he could be a a, a, a weekly flex option in fantasy football with Preston Williams, and especially if you're going to have Stephon Gilmore lining up against uh, Devontae Parker, that's going to be opening up uh, the field to uh, to Preston Williams, but. I'm, uh, I'm going with New England here. I think they're six and a half point favorites. I, I think they cover this game as well too. Isn't that isn't that funny? You picked
0: the the Patriots. I picked the Dolphins. <laughs> I
1: just I season long I do have them splitting the series. Uh, mm-hmm. I just don't think right off the bat we're going to win up in Foxborough. I just yeah. I I don't think so.
0: Now if we do somehow lose to the Dolphins this weekend, that's going to be two regular season games in a row. We lost the Dolphins, and I bet you like it's going to be like Armageddon up there in Boston.
1: (laughs) Probably, probably, but you know, it probably wouldn't be as bad because I think a lot, and I mean you as well too, you can speak to this. Like a lot of new England fans went in expecting the worst out of this year, like expecting a high draft pick, and maybe, you know, Bill Belichick works his magic with with draft picks and pulls a rabbit out of his hat and gets maybe a top five pick and is able to snag Justin Fields because I don't think he would have enough capital to trade yeah, up to the one problems. spot. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, listen, you're, you're spot on, Right. Man, as a Patriots fan. This is kind of weird for me. This is the first time in 20 years where the expectation is not, you know, winning the Super Bowl. I mean, that's what we've known for 20 years Super Bowl or bust. Now it's all right, well, let's just hope we can kind of be reputable and maybe make the playoffs and may have a nine and seven year. Um, it's kind of a shitty feeling. And I finally feel, <laughs> you know, how most NFL fans feel. But after 20 years, I mean, it is what it is. So let's we'll see what happens.
1: Hurts. <laughs>
0: I just I just hope my boy uh, Bill uh, Jerry Cross Belichick knows what he's doing.
1: Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. We'll uh, see.
0: Okay. Next game, and I think this is my second most anticipated game, second or third one of those of games of the week is going to be the Browns versus the Baltimores, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. So the Cleveland Browns versus the Baltimore Ravens. That is going to be one fantastic matchup. Um, you know, we we kind of went in depth about the the fact that Baker Mayfield is going to have to step it up this year. Um, and he's going to have to start like week one, man. He's going to have to match point for point against that Ravens offense. Like some of these numbers I'm gonna read off. They're just absolutely bonkers, man. They're like number one in, in, uh, points per game, 33.2, over 200 yards per game on the ground, which ranked first 5.5 yards per carry. Um, you know, and essentially the fact that the Ravens can run the ball so well lines up, uh, perfect with the fact that the the Cleveland Browns can't really stop the run much um that's been one of their weakest uh points last year hopefully it can turn around this year because I do believe the game is gonna hinge on the fact that uh the the Browns can shut down on the Ravens running attack um you know the fact that Miles Garrett is gonna return and wreak some havoc is always a plus um and if the if we look at the, the roadmap for the Browns to beat the Ravens is going to come down to effectively, you know, uh, taking the line of scrimmage and controlling it and running the ball. The reason why the Baltimore Ravens lost last year in the playoffs to the tennessee titans is because derrick henry went absolutely berserk they couldn't stop him and the fact that cleveland beat them last year as well was because nick chubb went berserk had 100 plus yards and two touchdowns um so i'm sorry three touchdowns and 165 yards i do believe nick chubb is going to have success running the ball this weekend as well i think he's gonna have 100 yards two touchdowns so give me the upset here cleveland wins 31 28
1: i'm with you i have cleveland winning this game too oh. i mean oh they, uh, for once, we actually agree on a pick. Um, I do have Cleveland winning. I, I expect a lot more. And like you said, we're not going to beat a dead horse here. If you want to hear our takes on the Cleveland offense, rewind about 20 minutes and you'll be happy. Uh, but I do expect one Nick Chubb to uh, enforce his will in between the tackles a little bit. And they just signed Kareem Hunt to an extension and not only in fantasy football, but in real life football as well, too he is uh, a running back with standalone value. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. We did see what he could do as the lead back in Kansas city. And I think Stefanski is going to use him all over the formation. You might see Kareem hunt and Nick Chubb on the field at the same time. Maybe you see Kareem hunt lined up wide to get the mismatch, but you know, this could be a potential, uh, a very potent one, two punch out of the backfield. And, you know, say what you want about Earl Thomas being out of there, but like he was a talented safety, despite making a couple of business decisions towards the end of the season, especially (laughs) in the playoffs against Derrick Henry. Uh, But, you know, he did bring a little bit of an edge to that defense, especially when he was paired uh, with Marlon Humphreys uh, out in center field as well, too. Uh, so that that is going to be a loss. It's going to be felt for a couple of weeks, I think. Um, but I do think that the the Cleveland Browns are going to win. And, and fun fact, uh, quick tangent here, Jay. Did you know that uh, they have pretty decent odds for Miles Garrett to be comeback player of the year this year? What's like the odds? What, uh, I'm pulling that up now. I feel like it actually changed a little bit. Uh, but he was getting like top ten odds for for comeback for comeback uh, player of the year. Like come what, back from what? <laughs> you're, you're coming back from a suspension where you like you decapitated somebody. Like yeah. what? What the hell are you coming back from? Um, but let's see. Where the hell? For those keeping track at home, we do use uh, DraftKings Sportsbook as the official betting app of the Pro Football Radio Podcast. Uh, where the hell is? Both well, myself
0: and the Puma took a little uh, drive out to New Jersey this past weekend to put our sports uh, bets in just because the state of Connecticut doesn't allow us to do that. And any, nope. anywhere around here, whether it's Rhode Island or Mass or New York, they don't allow it either. So we had to go on a nice little cruise, which I didn't mind. It was a little bonding time with the Puma. Oh, yeah, uh, it was a nice
1: day. Some, we got some uh, pizza on the way
0: back. It was good stuff.
1: Uh shit. You know what? It looks like because, it looks like he fell off because a lot of these players' odds improved. I think he actually fell off the uh, the slate. But at one point this year, he was getting like uh, top fifteen odds to be comeback player of the year. Uh, so keep that in mind.
0: Not bad at all. It's not bad at all, man.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Uh,
0: did you, who, I'm sorry. Who did you going pick him for that game?
1: I I went with you. I got the Browns winning.
0: Cool, cool. Uh, next up, Tampa Bay versus New Orleans. My most anticipated game of the week man let's see we all know the story right Brady and Gronkowski they're joining uh one of the best pass offenses pass offenses from last year you know regardless of all the turnovers that Jameis Winston threw he was he still got them to the first pass offense with 302 yards per game uh, I mean you have, obviously have two wide receivers and uh you know Mike Evans and God, Goodwin Um, You know, we finally get to see what Brady can do with real wide receivers. I mean, at the end of the day, in my estimation, Belichick has only provided Brady with two good uh, weapons in his 20 years, which is Gronk and Randy Moss. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I do think this game is going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win this game if they can control the line of scrimmage and essentially run the ball. Um, You know, the fact that they added Tristan Wirfs and Gronk, um, I do believe is going to do wonders for that for that running attack. You sprinkle in some savvy running backs with, you know, Fournette and Ronald Jones and Shady. I do think that eventually, you know, they will be able to run the ball really well. And even I do believe the first three, four weeks of the season, the Tampa Buccaneers are going to have to rely on the running game until Brady and the offense can get up to speed. Now, on the other end, the Saints' office themselves, they're just as potent as Tampa Bay, minus the interceptions, right?
1: <laughs> oh, for sure. 30 for 30. Right?
0: 373 yards per game. Um, they score 28.6 points per game, which is third in the NFL. You add Emmanuel Sanders to that explosive offense from last year, and I think this is going to be insanely fun to watch. Um, I do believe that... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is gonna have some success this week against the uh, against the Saints. I like everything about that defense, man. There's just there's just studs all across the board, and Todd Bowles is gonna have those guys playing well. But I do believe in the grand scheme of things, when you look at look look at this, you know, I think it's gonna be too much to ask for a neat team that's still meshing, that's still trying to find the vibe, figure out who they are to go into, you know. Uh, Mercedes been Superdome without a preseason and a condensed COVID, you know, off season and beat the Saints. I think that's a tall task. So I do have the Saints winning here twenty four seven.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Saints winning as well too. Uh, look at that, we have back to back picks. We agree look on at that, huh? Um, like I said with my my playoff picks, like uh, continuity is gonna be key. This this core has been. You know, together for, you know, the last 10 years, for the most part, Uh, Michael Thomas really broke out last year, broke Marvin Harrison's single season reception record. Uh, He's now got a bona fide number two wide receiver in Emmanuel Sanders in the fold. Alvin Kamara, he's coming off of an injury, but all reports sound like he's full go and he may or may not be uh, a couple hundred million dollars richer by the time you listen to this podcast because they have there have been rumblings that him uh, and the saints have uh, started to come together and agree to terms to an extension we just don't know the full details yet but they they are on the one yard line in regards to a contract extension and uh you know this is going to be i honestly feel this is going to be drew Brees and sean payton's final ride uh, so they, they have to win now. And in this you know division that could potentially eat their own, they are going to have to win these hard hitting uh, divisional games. Uh, in, in regards to the Buccaneers, like you said, Jay, I mean, on paper, everything looks great, but it's a COVID shortened environment. You have a new offense that Tom Brady's learning. You have uh, a back surgery candidate in Rob Gronkowski uh, there's a lot of hype surrounding this team, and they're going to have to rely on the running game a little bit. I think you're going to see Ronald Jones get the lion's share of carries for the first couple of weeks, as at least this week, as Leonard Fournette gets you know in- integrated into the fold. Uh, so I, uh, that's I, I, I'm going to go with the Saints in this one. Uh, the over/under I think was at 50 points here. Take uh, nope, it actually moved under. Uh, it went down to 49. I'm taking the under in this game. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, feeling each other out, and I don't think they're going to be lighting up the uh, the Superdome like we normally expect them to.
0: Yeah, I do believe that the Buccaneers are going to split the series with the Saints. But I do believe this game is going to be more on the lower scoring side just because, you know, it's it's week one in a offseason. That's just been insane. Um, they've had no preseason games. I'm sure tackling is going to be sloppy. I'm sure, you know, offense is going to look sloppy for three, four weeks. So I think it's just a it's a lot to ask the, the Buccaneers to go into the Superdome and win that game. But I do think down the road, they're going to make this very interesting in the NFC South.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Uh,
0: Sunday <laughs> night football, Cowboys and Rams. This is going to be a fun one as well,
1: man. Cowboys yeah, so new SoFi new Stadium. SoFi exactly. Stadium. You
0: know yep. how much it costs to build a SoFi Stadium?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with uh close to probably a billion, a uh, million with a B dollars. Five billion dollars. <laughs> and all of that was was mostly uh, Ron Crunky, the uh, the owner of the Rams, because yeah, so
0: the Chargers can't do shit. <laughs> the Chargers can't
1: sell season tickets for Christ's sake.
0: <laughs> so listen, we talked about this um, in uh, the second segment of the show. Listen, Jared Goff needs to have a good year in the baddest of ways, man. Just his numbers from last year were not the best: twenty-two touchdowns, sixty-nine 90s eighty-five point five rating. Listen, all in all, he didn't play the he didn't play the best. But if you look at the Rams offense as a whole, they weren't that bad across the board, man. So most of their categories, they were about top 10. um, But they had issues keeping up with the NFC West and some of the offenses and the defenses in that division. Now, in my mind, one of the main reasons why you had this kind of flat Rams offense is because the running attack just wasn't there, man. Todd Gurley is over the hill. He sucks major balls. Um, You know, they they ranked 26th in rush offense last year.
1: He was not the Todd Uh, father anymore.
0: He was not the Todd father with 3.7 yards per carry. Now on the Cowboys' offensive side, they were good last year uh, in my estimation and most estimations of uh, football fans. And I just think they got better, man, by adding C.D. Lamb. Uh, I do believe he's the best graded wide receiver in this year's draft class. Uh, like last year, their pass offense was 296 yards per game, which was second and first in yards uh, yards per game at 431. So, I, I do believe adding C.D. Lamb is going to give him a new dynamic element. Um, and the fact that I do believe Zeke is gonna have a massive comeback here. He looks, I think we were talking on Instagram the other day. He looks trimmer. He looks leaner. There were some points last year where Zeke just looks a little a little bulky. He looks a little a little heavy. Um, even though. In our eyes, Zeke had a down year last year. He still had 1,300 yards rushing, 12 touchdowns, and 4.5 yards per carry. So it really gives you, you know, this feel of just how great of a running back he is. To have he had a down year and he still played, he still played fairly well. I do believe Dallas is going to be able to run the ball and control the line of scrimmage and essentially control the game. I'm going to have the Dallas Cowboys win 28-24 in New SoFi Stadium.
1: Interesting, interesting. Now I'll say this much about Zeke: he did trim up. He looks good and. In the words of my fiance Tara, for fantasy football purposes, uh, you know he's her man. Uh, but I will say this: with the hair that he's got going on, Jay, he still looks like the missing link. Like he looks like he just became, uh, you know, thawed out of an ice block from the the uh, the, the Neanderthal era, and uh, they just put some football pads on him. But no, he's a he reminds me of Psycho Bob. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. You know what? Now that you say that, I do see that. Yes. Yep. Yes, he does. Um, but I'm with you. I think Zeke is going to take a step forward. I just don't think it's going to start on uh, Sunday night. I have the Rams winning this game, and uh, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but I, I'm I'm a big big believer in continuity and the defensive side of the football. They still have one of the best players on the defensive side uh, on the face of the planet. And Aaron Donald, he's going to wreak havoc uh, against that offensive line, the uh, the vaunted offensive line of the Dallas Cowboys. But, you know, they have that. They have Jalen Ramsey uh, in a decent secondary. Uh, not great, but decent enough uh, to keep the game close. And I think with the drafting of, uh, of Cam Akers out of Florida State for the Rams this year, I think they're going to try to get back to the roots. They're going to be a little bit more run heavy. They're going to go back to what they uh, back to the well and what they did well a couple of years ago with uh, with Todd Gurley before the degenerative knee issue flared up again. Uh, but I think you're going to see Cam Akers and Darren uh, uh, Daryl Daryl Williams get into space a little bit more, especially coming out of the backfield. And you'll see a little bit more play action from Jared Goff. Uh, there's been a lot a lot of great reports coming out of camp. For Van Jefferson. I think he supplanted um uh God, I forget his first name. Last name is Reynolds, uh the wide receiver core uh for the Rams as the number three wide receiver. Uh so for fantasy purposes, you might want to find a bench spot for Van Jefferson just in case if anything happens to uh Robert Woods or Cooper Cup, especially in the COVID times that we're in, they they could see a massive uptick in volume. Uh, for uh, if Van Jefferson slides into that role. And like I said, I think Jared Goff is going to get a little bit more involved in the play action. And the Dallas defense, they took a step back in the secondary by losing Byron Jones. He really locked down that that secondary. Uh, I think Robert Quinn is no longer with the team, so they lost him a little bit on the pass rush. So I'm going to go with a a a victory in the new house that the rams are going to be playing in it's going to be close I'm again i'm taking the under in this game uh the uh over under's at 52 i'm going to be hammering the under and if i could bet live during the game i would be hammering the under as well too
0: yeah but we live in connecticut and we can't do that boo yeah no shit which
1: is why we can't have fun
0: <laughs> uh moving on to uh the monday night football game the steelers versus the giants um it's a 5.5 underdog the steel, the Giants are are pegged out, which is kind of a little bit on the insane side. I think I thought it would have been a three point uh, underdog. But regardless, I, I think they had a right. I think Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win this. Um, I think they're going to win a close throw, but only by three points. Um, in regards to the Steelers, there's quite a bit of storylines, man. You know, how is Big Ben going to come and come back and play? How is he going to look? You know, he had quite a bit uh, of. He had a really big offseason. He had surgery. He had a come to Jesus moment where he told us how he was addicted to porn and alcohol. That was. That was the hotline of the offseason. Um, and then in regards to the – I think we talked about this earlier. The offensive talent for the Pittsburgh Steelers is going to be top-notch, man. You've got James Conner. You've got Juju Schmitz-Suster. You've got Charles Claypool, who I absolutely love. Um, I, do, I just think it's going to be too much for the Giants to handle. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers. Probably 27-24.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I'm going to take the Steelers to win, but I have the Giants covering. Like you said, it's a five-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, At one point, I think it was actually three and a half. So it actually expanded a little bit. Uh, But I do have the Giants covering. I will say this, though, despite them going up against this Super Bowl caliber defense, I would like to see what Daniel Jones can do when he has all of the number ones on the offensive side of the football on the field at the same time. Because that was the one thing he didn't have last year. Uh, was he didn't have Saquon, Evan Ingram, Golden Tate, and Sterling Shepard on the field at the same time. And at least for week one, that whole bountiful uh, arsenal is going to be on the field. And DJ's DJ bulked up. Like, he he might have been hanging out with Saquon Barkley at the leg press machine because he, he got some baby quads going on. And I think he's, he's a little bit more mobile than, than he gets credit for. And he really made it a point to work on handling the, making sure he's protecting the football. He led the league last year in fumbles alone. Uh, But I think he is a breakout candidate this year. I just don't think it happens uh, on Monday night, but I do think they cover the spread. Nice. Nice.
0: And then we got one last game. The uh, Denver Broncos are going to be taking on the Tennessee Titans. This is the late game on Monday night. And by this time, uh, of week one, I am just so fatigued of football because I'll just sit down all day, you know, Thursday, wait for football. I'll sit down all day Sunday and watch football for 12 hours. I'll watch the first Monday night game. And by the time the second Monday night game comes around Puma, I'm just absolutely worn out, man.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. No, I'm with you. So what normally happens is, well, one, I work on Sundays, but I actually got it. I got it off this week. So I'm going to be Woo! hanging with you, and I'm going to be in a in a football coma all day sunday and i'm with you like i'll watch the first game of monday night football you're lucky if i'm gonna see a quarter of the second Mm -hmm. game Mm -hmm. uh but jay before you get a little farther down the road in this game preview, right uh yeah so there's actually two bits of breaking news one adam schefter reported i want to say maybe about 20 minutes ago that uh to piggyback on the report that Vaughn Miller suffered a uh, potentially season-ending injury, uh, he did confirm through a source that it's an ankle injury, like a tendon. So he he kind of uh, dodged a bullet with it being a, an Achilles, but it sounds like it's a, uh, a beyond a grade three uh, high ankle sprain. I think he actually tore ligaments in there. Uh, so they're going to have to go in and, and clean that out surgically. Uh, it looks like he's done for the year. Uh, but not only that, but Jesse Palmer of NFL Media – Reported that Bradley Chubb, coming off of an ACL injury last year, uh, may not be full go week one. Uh, He may be on a pitch count at best uh, for the home opener against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, So this defense is taking a massive hit right off the rails and what i thought was potentially going to be a low scoring game uh might be the one game in prime time that hits the over in, in this matchup uh between the tennessee titans and the uh the denver broncos
0: listen i, I already was leaning towards the tennessee titans win this game just because of the fact they're able to run the ball down the throats of the denver broncos defense especially the fact that bradley chubb and now Lamar uh now miller is not going to be there um I have the Titans winning this. I have them winning big, man. They got you, Connolly. I don't think Drew Locke is, is going to be able to, you know, take that next step this year. We'll see if he does. Uh, but, yeah, just, I'm not going to watch this game. We passed out by this point. Just give me the Titans. Give me the Titans.
1: Right. No, I'm with you. I got the Titans winning. Um, I picked them to win this game. And, uh, I, I'm going to cry a little bit. Cause I also took the under in this matchup. Um, but I have the Tennessee Titans winning. I had them winning before they even signed Jadavian Clowney who, you know, yeah, he signed that contract. He could be a free agent at the end of the, uh, at the end of the season. Again, he's never had a double digit sack season but he is a elite run stopper and this is a team in the Denver Broncos that they have uh, I call a Mighty Mouse uh, Philip Lindsay the local product out of uh, the University of Colorado uh, and they also signed Melvin Gordon uh, to, in free agency but he's had an issue adjusting and acclimating to the altitude of Denver uh, so that's definitely something to keep an eye on um, I just think coming out the gates, I don't have Denver winning. I I really don't expect them to – I mean, they're going to – I mean, Jay, they're going to have to keep up through the air because their defense is really going to have a hard time stopping people. When you got a refrigerator with legs coming at you and Derrick Henry, uh, and if they're going to run the ball uh, a crap ton, they're going to shorten the game a lot, and you're going to have to have Drew air it out. It's going to be something to. It's going to be interesting to see on opening night. I do like the draft pick and Jerry Judy, but I I just don't see it coming together on opening night for the Denver Broncos. I'm giving them a loss at home. Well, yeah, looks like we're on the same page for that one as well. And you know what the messed up thing about Denver is, is days, de- I oh, think man. it was yesterday or the day before it was 93 degrees out. And today they had a blizzard advisory and it was snowing. I want to say around 1 PM local time up there. Uh, so who knows, man, it- it's 2020. You got blizzards in September in Denver following a heat wave. All bets are off, but you could take this to the bank. You can call it the lock of the week. The Puma's lock of the week that the Tennessee Titans are going to win at uh, at Mile High, and I expect them to cover as well, too. You
0: know what would be the one thing that would keep me up and make me watch this game is if they had, like, a blizzard come through on Monday night. That would be awesome. I'd watch that, that would be snow. Because one of the best things on the planet is a snow, game. snow football.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well,
0: listen, that about wraps up our week one preview we're back with podcast number 58. It feels so good to be back into a NFL week, man. It's been a long, trying year. And like I said earlier, man, I've never needed the NFL more in my life, man. <laughs> I'm
1: just glad to talk about football. I mean, Tara, Tara my fiance, she she kind of had to she, – she lost me until the end of football season, whether or not it's a full 16 games plus the playoffs or a COVID-shortened year. But – Dude, it's good to be back. It's good to be talking X's and O's and actual football and not really a whole lot of off the field issues. And um, I'm excited to at least get week one uh, underway. And it's great to be back.
0: Well, him Thursday night kiss Tara goodbye until February?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no shit. No shit, my man um all
0: right man you want to plug it up and we'll call it yeah
1: yeah so gonna plug it up real quick this episode of the pro football radio podcast along with our previous ones uh especially the get nuts episode with mikey p aka frisco aka hammer time Am I missing any other nicknames? I feel like he's the Apollo Creed of the podcast. Am I missing any so many
0: names? I have no idea. I'm sure you are, but I'm sure he won't be offended.
1: You know, I think I got the big three, so I'm okay. And if, if I'm not Mikey P, just at me and we'll go from there. Uh, but you can find this on Facebook and Instagram at Pro Football Radio Podcast, on Twitter at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at G Chima on the Twitter machine. Uh, You can find these episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and uh, like, subscribe, download, share with your friends, share with your family. Some people are going back to work. Some people are working from home. Have this on in the background. Uh, We'll be coming at you with more game breakdowns, a little bit of fantasy advice dabbled in between these game previews as well, too. And, uh, Jay, I know I said it already, but it's great to be back.
0: It's good to be back. Well, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, we will talk to you next week for week two.
1: Yes, sir. And real quick, Freddy Solionis, you're
0: Oh, man, that never gets old.
1: Never gets old, man. I'm juiced. All right, guys, see you next week. Peace!